0: well good morning church how we doing before we get started this morning I just want to point out that uh, today is the day of our pork roast dinner and so if you've gotten tickets in our lobby before make sure that you don't forget about that and if you don't have tickets who cares go anyways so so Great food, great time for a great cause to support our team that's going to Guatemala this summer. This morning, we are beginning a new series that we are calling Belonging, exploring what it means to belong to a church family. And, and if I'm honest with you, there was a time when, for me, belonging to a church family was not a priority Didn't even make my priority list. So in my mid-20s, dropped out of church for years. And when I finally came back to church, my filter was, what can these people do for me? And that changed 18 years ago when Emma was born. And I don't know... Why, I don't know what happened exactly, but but something happened when Emma was born that caused me to start asking big life questions. And I got this feeling that I I absolutely could not shake that we were supposed to go overseas to serve. And even though it took us four or five years to figure out exactly what that would look like for us, it was a feeling that I could not shake. And so when you jump into that world, there's some pretty major things that you need to figure out. If you're supposed to go, where you're supposed to go, with who are you supposed to go, how are you going to pull that off financially, and what are you actually going to do when you arrive to that place that you're supposed to go? And so to help us figure all of that out, The church that we were going to at that time had a missions pastor and so we sat down with him and and he had he and his family had been in africa and so he had navigated those same kinds of questions and so i still remember we were sitting around our kitchen table and after we shared what we felt like god was calling us to he asked us so would you ever consider church planning And if you don't know what that term means, church planning simply means starting and leading churches. And honestly, that was the last thing that I wanted to do. Because in my head, that picture of what that would look like overseas is that we would move someplace far away and build some kind of building, and if you build it, they will come and essentially be a pastor for so many years, die, and then they ship me home in a body bag. And I had no interest in that, right? That's not something that that, that I had any interest in doing at all. So as an introvert, the thing that I could picture for myself was being in some kind of support role, behind-the-scenes role, low-profile sort of role, supporting the kinds of people who went and started and led churches. But being on the front line of that was not something that I wanted, but then I came across this crew, these people who were starting churches, but they weren't actually the ones starting the churches. They were, they were equipping, they were training, they were coaching, they would go into a foreign country and help people who already lived there, helped the nationals to start churches. Which was, which was very much behind-the-scenes, very much low-profile, low which for me was a great fit. There were these behind-the-scenes people that coached and trained and equipped, in our case Uruguayans, who took that training and went and started churches. So instead of, of build it and they will come, which is a model built on the idea of attraction, and make no doubt, the gospel, the good news of Jesus is inherently attractive. But rather than waiting for those people to come to us, we did the complete opposite. It was all about equipping our people to push into their neighborhoods, to find like-minded followers of Jesus, to get together, to pray together, to work together, to proclaim and live out the gospel, the good news of Christ and that was something that I could get excited about and maybe maybe it came from my own military experience but I could get excited about that because I could equate it to exactly what U.S. Army Green Berets do. Green Berets learn the local language They learn the customs, they sneak into enemy-trained territory, they equip, they train the locals to take the fight to the enemy. And, and, And as I jumped into that world and learned what the local church actually is, it was something that I became even more excited about. See, you and I have to realize that the local church... Is not what we do here on Sunday morning between between nine a.m. and eleven thirty. The local church is the primary way through which God is on the move in the world right now. The local church is the primary way in which God is is on the move right now, right here in this place. That the local church is the plan. Of what God is doing right now, right here, which means that the church, that you and I, we are God's plan, and there is no backup plan. We are it. And that's a staggering thought. That is a staggering responsibility. That is a huge calling, but man, is that exciting because I'm convinced that if we truly understand the hugeness of our calling, what we are supposed to be, what we are supposed to do, what we are supposed to be all about, that impacts everything for us, that we are the plan. How God is moving right here, right now, in Mannheim and beyond. As we worship together, as we serve together together, as as we love each other, as we walk through our own brokenness, pursuing Christ because he first pursued us, that it impacts how you view belonging to a church family, it impacts how you come through those doors, it impacts how, how you walk into this church family. Do you come to this church family to serve or to be served? Do you come to this church family to give or to get? Do you come into this church family to get your preferences satisfied or to die to your preferences? Do you come to this church family wanting to be first, or do you come to this church family wanting to be last so that others can be first? And this is exactly what we are going to explore over these next five weeks. What does it mean to belong to the local church? Now please know this, we we cannot say everything that could be said about what it means to belong to a church in these next couple of weeks, but we will say some big things absolutely important things about what this is I'm taking this off the postcard which you should have received in your bulletin belonging is a gift belonging is about serving belonging is about unity belonging is not does not equal my preferences which is huge for us because every single one of us comes into this church family as a consumer. Hardwired as a consumer, and we have to push back against that. Belonging is praying for the church. And so this morning, we're going to dive into that very first one, belonging is a gift But as we do that and open the scriptures together, let me pray for us. Let's pray. Father, this morning as we come, allow us to see the huge calling, the huge responsibility, the huge gift that it is to belong to the church, Christ's body. It is a high calling, and we're gonna see, we're gonna start to unpack that this morning looking in first John. And so we 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 ask that as we as we come around your word, we know that your word is alive and active. May, may, May your Holy Spirit this morning be fierce amongst us and drive your truth deep into our souls. May we surrender to you. pray all these things in the powerful name of Jesus, amen. The question that I want us to wrestle with this morning is exactly how? How is belonging a gift? And the reality is that belonging to what God is doing in this world is a gift in and of itself. But our time is short, so we've only got time to look at just a slice of what that means. So let's go at it this way. Have you ever seen someone get a gift? Right, they were so overwhelmed by that gift. They were so overwhelmed with gratitude that they couldn't not pay it forward. Maybe that's happened to you. Well, that's exactly what is happening in 1 John chapter 4, starting in verse 9. There we see this. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Verse 11. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, This is the gift. This is the gift that is the foundation of all that we believe, the foundation of all that we are as a church, the foundation of all that we do as a church. The gift is the foundation, it's the gospel. That God loves us that much, that he sent his son, Jesus, to give his life freely for us, And because God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us, and his love is brought the full expression in us. So maybe that last phrase in your Bible reads, his love is perfected in us, And I think the New Living Translation, which is what you see on the screen, I think the NLT does a good job of rendering this phrase. Brought to to full expression in us. Because it's not that God's love is not perfect. But the point here is that when we love each other because God sent his son to give his life freely for us, When we love each other in that gospel-shaped way, that provides for us an even more concrete demonstration of God's love. God's love flowing to us through the conduit of our brothers and our sisters. God's love made real to us even in those times when, when he feels far away in those times when our very human hearts want to wander away from God, those times when because of of the the harshness of this fallen world, we momentarily lose sight of God's love. It's that concrete demonstration of God's love. It's the, the since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. It's that love flowing to us, it's that love flowing through us, that's the gift. But not just a gift that we get to receive. A gift that we are called upon to give and to share with our brothers and our sisters when their very human hearts wander away when they are so blasted by the pain of this world that they lose momentary sight of God's love for them. And so it's belonging to a church family where we get to receive that gift, where we get to give that gift, share that gift, that gift of belonging, that gift of God's love being brought to full expression in us and through us. And I'm convinced that it's that that love being brought to, to full expression in us. Again, driven by the fact that God did love us that much. That's what creates this sense of belonging. That's what creates the gift of home. Because that's what belonging is. It's a real sense of home. When we lived in Uruguay, we would enter back into the United States through Miami. And we'd get off the airplane and we'd come through passport control and the four of us would come walking up to that counter with that agent and they'd look at the four of us and they'd look at our passports and they would start to ask questions. Where have you been? How long were you there What were you up to when you were there? And once we'd answer all their questions, they would stamp our four passports and they'd say these words to us. They'd say, welcome home. And for us, that always felt great because even though in Uruguay, we tried to be as Uruguayan as we could be. Right, We spoke Spanish, we adopted local customs, so we'd do the air kiss thing when we'd meet someone. We would eat dinner late at night. Believe it or not, you can eat dinner later than 5 p.m. We drove a Uruguayan car, We, we would drink mate. Even Sidney and Luke with their blonde hair, Uruguayans are very European and so they fit right in. Even though we did all of that stuff, the fact was, except for Luke who has dual citizenship, the fact is we are not Uruguayan. We are from the United States. So when we came up to that agent and he said, welcome home and let us into this country, that felt awesome to us. Because we were home. We are U.S. citizens. We belong to these people. And I'm convinced that that's what church is supposed to be. Coming into this church family is supposed to feel like coming home. Coming into this church family is supposed to feel like, man, this, these people, this is where I belong. And supposed to be that because of First John chapter four, verse 11. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. As a church, right now, our leadership board is working through our church's vision points, and, and we are looking at vision point number five to figure out what does it look like for us to actually put this into practice? And that fifth vision point reads, we create a culture of love, welcome, and belonging. We desire to create a culture of welcome at MBIC. To that end, we encourage our MBIC family in the power of creating a culture of grace and hospitality. And so our leadership board meets actually tomorrow evening and, and we will talk through what does it look like concretely for us to create this culture of love, to, to, to cultivate this culture of belonging. And we've got these really great practical ideas. Like we're going to put signs up, actually signs, so that people who, who don't know their way around can easily find their, their way around this building. Right now we don't have signs. And if we do, they're either wrong or camouflaged. You can't even see them. We're going to fix that. We're, look, we're looking at recruiting more people into hospitality roles. We're looking for ways to, 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 to better empower those people in those roles. We're going to create a, a, more, a more visible, easily recognizable welcome desk, info desk, If you're new here, you may not know that that desk that's right outside those doors, that's actually our welcome desk, but there's no way for you to know that because there's not a sign there. We're looking at having more complete information about who we are as a church, what we do available for visitors at our welcome desk. We are creating a safety team to help out in any kind of emergency situation And while these are things that we can do, very tangible things that we need to do, there's there's something more that's needed to create this culture of love, to create this sense of belonging. But that's something more that's needed, is you. It's understanding that belonging to this church family is a gift and it's you sharing that gift it's this i copied this out of my notes that i'm going to give to the leadership board tomorrow night and i wrote this the bottom line is this while while we can be purposeful in creating systems to help create a welcoming posture there is no substitute there is no substitute for ten of caring and welcoming MBIC family members who are sensitive to and reach out to those new to Mannheim BIC. Because if belonging is a gift, that is not a gift that is meant to end with you. That is not a gift that is meant to terminate on you, but a gift that you can't help but to pay it forward a gift that is meant to be shared, a gift that has to be shared. And the reason why is because if we jump back to our scripture, dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. And that love as followers of Jesus takes all kinds of different shapes, can come in all kinds of different forms, can look like a lot of different things. But what I'm calling us to, where I'm calling us to start, is something that we can all do. If you call Mannheim BIC your church home, if you belong to this body of believers because of God's love for you, that God loved you that much, rather than just kick it with your homies before our gatherings and after our gatherings won't you look for let me say that a little a little more strongly won't you actively seek out those people here that you don't know introduce yourself get their names Find out a piece of their story. Maybe if they're new to Mannheim BIC, maybe they've got a question for you about what life is like here. And you might say, Brian, hold up. That is way out of my comfort zone. I am not comfortable doing that. Right, well, don't tell me that. Because if you want to play the intro- introvert game, I've got you beat. <laughs> Hands down. I shared this with First Service. Before I even started working here, seven years ago, I visited Mannheim BIC. Y'all were across the, the driveway with Tim and Laura Zerman. And at that point in time, Pastor Greg, after the service, was trying to catch my eye, and I literally looked down and thought, and I kept walking, don't make eye contact, don't make eye contact, don't make eye contact. If you want to play the introvert game against me, You're not going to win. However, if I can do this, you can do this. Because here's the thing. Even though we've got measures in the pipeline to help create a welcoming posture, when you take that bold step to visit a church family for the first time, and it is scary... And may none of us ever forget that, what it's like to come to a church for the very first time where you don't know anyone, you don't know the schedule, you don't know what's about to happen. That's a scary thing. But what you do know is that you're going to bump into a greeter and that somebody's probably going to try to put some information into your hands and that an usher is going to point you to a seat. But when I'm visiting a church, what I'm looking for is that person, those people who belong there, who go out of their way to come up to me, to to approach me, to welcome me, and to help me belong there too. And this is something that we all can do. This is something that we, we all can get Better at because I'm still hearing stories of people that, that, that come to us and then say, No one approached them. No one went out of their way to say, Hey, I don't think we've met before. No one goes out of their way to help them feel like they belong. And I, I get the objections. Hey, we're big. Hey, we've got two services. So, two things. Number one, get over yourself. And number two, when you roll up to somebody, just simply say, Hi, I'm so and so. I don't think we've met before. What's your name? Right? That works if someone's been here that's their first time or they've been here for a year. And again, the ultimate reason that we do this is our scripture. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. Doesn't get much easier to show love than by saying hi to someone and introducing yourself. Because I would say that we are a friendly church Someone from First Service said, "Hey, last week was was my first time here, and they actually signed the friendship register. So usually, first time people, there's no way they're signing that thing, so they just pass it on, right? I get that. I would do the same thing. But but she signed it, and she said everybody in that row came up to her and welcomed her to Mannheim BIC." And I'm like, that's how it's supposed to happen, right? That's the church firing on all cylinders. So we are a friendly church, but realize that we could do so much more because if the gospel is anything, it is God's kindness to us, the outsiders. The outsiders that he welcomes in through Christ's life, death, And resurrection so if the gospel at its most basic sense is welcome to the outsider we should be all over that in our gatherings in our belonging to this church family and so my question to us this morning is because belonging is a gift what are you doing with that gift so we're going to end this way going to do a meet and greet first service I started giving them instructions and they were all over that and they just went right so you've got a got a high bar to live up to so here are my instructions right I want you to look around for someone that you do not know or maybe you've seen them but you don't know their name I want you to go up to them and introduce yourself. And then next week, I want you to go back to that same person and talk to them again and look for someone else. I want you to make this a habit. Instructions clear? Good to go. Go ahead and stand up for me. I'll invite the band up and go find somebody you don't know.